Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a calm conversation about something that's hopefully not too jarring or stressful or exciting. I always hate saying that because it makes it sound like I have boring guests on the show, which I don't. Uh, But I do have a guest who's been on the show before, and I'm happy to have on the show now. It's my good friend, Linda Mora. Welcome to the, the podcast, Linda. Oh, Marco, it's a pleasure to come back again. Linda, it was so lovely. I got to see you recently in your hometown of Montreal. And I thought I should do an episode of Montreal because I love Montreal. And I know a lot of my friends and family and Canadians love Montreal. But a lot of my listeners are from all over the world. They might not be as familiar with Montreal. And since you were a gracious host while I was in Montreal, I'd love to talk to you about your beautiful city. It was such a pleasure to have had you as a guest, Marco, but as importantly, I think your listeners should know about how wonderful the city really is. So tell me, Linda, you weren't born and raised in Montreal, but you moved there. What was one of the things that really struck you, that moment where you're like, oh, this is a place I could live? I think one of the key moments was when I realized how wonderful it is for artists and writers and musicians to live. It's a city that is, or at least up until recently, hasn't been as expensive as, say, Toronto or Vancouver in Canada. So it's a reasonable place to live, but you still get the best of all of those features that you might find in a big city, like a variety of um, restaurants and cafes, uh, great places to go and visit, like museums. So it offers the best without being as uh, crushingly expensive as a big city might otherwise be. All right, Linda, take me on a walk. <laughs> you're leaving your building and you're walking through your area. What are the, some of the things we're going to see? And what is your area of Montreal called? Well, I should start by saying that I live at the upper end, the northern end of the plateau or the southern end of Myland. So these are two distinct regions or areas of Montreal, and I love both of them. The plateau, if you walk out of my building, you'll see that the plateau essentially has a number of parks and playgrounds. It really is conducive for those who have families. They have wonderful little restaurants and boutiques. So 
if I walk out of my building and walk right, I can pass a playground and a community garden. And then the very next thing that I'll see is the Fairmount Bagel Place. Now, if you love bagels, this is the place you need to go in Montreal. I should mention we have full episodes where we discuss the Montreal-style bagel versus the New York-style bagel. And my listeners know that I am a sucker for a Montreal bagel. Um, Nitty also, you know, was talking about her favorite bagel place in Montreal. And what I love about Montrealers is they all have their favorite bagel place. I take you back to Linda's walk. <laughs> there is another. It's true. There's an, as a side note, there's another bagel place called St. Vieter Bagel, which is a few streets away. And there is some serious competition between those who think Fairmont Bagel makes the better bagels or St. Vieter. And I happen to be uh, the person who prefers Fairmont. And I live only a few blocks away. It's perfect. Now, your bagel, plain Sesame seed, poppy seed, everything. What's your bagel? Sesame, definitely. I'm a purist. I just, it can't be more complicated than that. Or what's the point of having the bagel? It becomes something else. When you say you're you're a purist, wouldn't that mean it would be poppy seed? Poppy seed actually isn't the most popular one here. It is the sesame bagel. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes. So those are the ones that are coming out of the oven so I should say that uh, Fairmount Bagel is open 24 hours a day. My goodness, I feel like I'm advertising for them. They don't need to do it. I'm doing it for them. It's open 24 hours a day. So I can go there at 2 o'clock in the morning and there'll be warm sesame bagels coming out of the oven. It doesn't matter what time of the day I appear. They'll always wow. be ready. Yeah. Wow. wow. It's amazing okay. that I haven't gained 50 pounds since then, but Yes. <laughs> well, listen, you know, you, I, I wouldn't blame you if you did. So, okay, so you, we've got our bagel. Let Proceed. So as I continue to walk west uh, in my community and up north toward the Mile End District, I'll hit a whole bunch of other little restaurants and boutiques. And one of my favorite coffee places is Cafe Olimpico. I absolutely love their espresso. It is I would say the one of the best places in Montreal. I think there may be others, but they'd be pretty serious rivals for Café Olympico. I can confirm that it is the best <laughs> espresso-based coffee you'll find in Montreal because I had it both at its original location, which is in Mile End, right? Yes, correct. And then I had coffee in its Old Port location or Old Old Montreal location. Is it Old Port or Old Montreal? Uh, you could say the Old Port or Old Montreal. Both okay. are acceptable. Thank you. Now I feel like I'm writing a test. Thank you, Linda, for that. <laughs> uh, uh, either answer works. But yeah, I've had it. It's it's just when people know coffee and love coffee and make a good coffee, I don't care what the location looks like. I don't need to sit in the most comfortable chair. I don't have to listen to jazz music. I don't have to see beautiful art on the wall. For me, that's all in the cup, and that's what you get at that location. <laughs> uh, that cup does hold all of that potential, I have yes. to say. Okay. So now, if once we've had our little our bagel, we've had our espresso, I'm ready to head north and I hope for something a little more serious, and that means I'm heading into the Little Italy district. In the Little, little Italy district, there's a wonderful uh, bakery called Aladi Bakery, it's so good that sometimes if I'm walking along the street in Montreal with a box from Aladi, I have been known to be stopped on the street and have people tell me, oh, 
I love Aladi. What did you buy today? And that it's not just happened once. Aladi is very popular. They're essentially a Sicilian, I think, or Sicilian or Calabresa baker. I'm not sure. One of the two, but they make the most exquisite, divine cannoli. Okay. I mean, absolutely perfection. So that's, and again, I'm a purist, so I get a plain cannoli, but they do okay. have a range from Nutella to pistachio cannoli, sure. all kinds. All right, Linda, you're also something our listeners may not know. You're a bit of a fashionista. And by a bit, <laughs> I mean a lot of a fashionista. So I want to talk about fashion and uh, places in Montreal. And we, we'll go back on that journey down the street near where Linda lives later in the podcast. But let's talk fashion. Okay. Well, th right now, if anyone happens to be visiting Montreal or if they'd like to visit Montreal in the next couple of weeks, we have the Dior exhibit at the McCord Museum. And so that's already a wonderful but temporary exhibit. However, at the Musée de Beaux-Arts, we also have a room that is in uh, devoted entirely to one of my favorite designers of all time, Denis Gagnon. Denis Gagnon is known as the bad boy, the enfant terrible of fashion in Montreal. And uh, I've actually know I, he has a very distinct look. He okay. wears these large black glasses. So you can, you might even see him in Montreal. Fashion designer spotting. I was at a restaurant in um, on Laurier Street called Le Miac, and I was seated with my friends there. They cleared the table beside me and lo and behold, Denis Gagnon sat directly beside me. I was over the moon. I couldn't believe it. Did you speak so, to him? No, I didn't. I was a little too shy about doing that, okay. but I kept staring. And I said to my friends, oh, my God, pointing to Denis Gagnon. That's Denis Gagnon. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now, do you have a Denis Gagnon in your closet where I I'll let our listeners know she is currently recording from? <laughs> I do not currently have a Denis Gagnon piece. I saw one the other day that I might actually indulge in purchasing. Uh, but he's one of, oddly, one of the designers I love the most and do not own a piece by. So is this is still... Sorry. It's it's still a thing that it's still... Um, something that I would like to 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 have in my in my closet at some point. What is it about his desi designs that speak to you, Linda? Uh, he tends to work with these kind of asymmetrical lines. So when when I first moved to Montreal, I happened to attend the Spring Fashion Week um, in Montreal. And so I saw one of his shows at that at the Montreal Fashion Week. And so during the show, what he produced were these beautiful knit dresses that were constructed on on a bias on an on a on a on an asymmetrical kind of way with these kind of swishing movements i thought was so unusual for for knit you wouldn't have expected it okay he's also known for doing the same thing with zippers so for example at the musée de beaux-arts he has this zipper bolero jacket stunning the whole jacket is made exclusively from zippers so he does these kind of unusual, slightly off-kilter um, pieces that are just um, eye-catching and riveting. How important is fabric to you as a fashionista, Linda? Very. So I should say that my mother used to make her own clothes, and so she made her own wedding dress, in fact. So she taught me to be very... Um, 
selective in terms of the kind of fabric that is used. So online shopping for me is a real challenge because I'd like to actually touch the fabric before I decide on whether or not to purchase it. Uh, recently, I had a friend visiting me from Montreal, and we went, as an example, to a boutique called Edition de Robe. Um, this is where apparently the prime minister's wife purchases her dresses. Interesting. And you wouldn't know it necessarily from visiting the website, but if you actually touch or hold the fabric in your hand, they're 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 quite thick, and I don't want to say heavy. That's not the right word, but they have that kind of weightiness to them that tells you exactly how beautiful the fabric is and how well they've been made. I see. Now, you have a, a familial connection to textiles, because when I was at yes. your place, I remember seeing this gorgeous piece of textile framed on your wall. Would you yes. mind telling yes, us about right. that? Sure. So uh, I thought it, I should also say, I thought that it was interesting that when I first moved to Montreal, this must have been an unconscious thing, but I ended up moving in what it was at one point, the uh, garment district of Montreal. And so I I thought this was relevant or unconscious at some level, uh, because my grandmother and my great grandmother were weavers, in particular, my great grandmother. So she would set the looms for uh, other people in Italy, and they would travel for miles just to have her do it and watch her do it. She was an expert weaver. And so my grandmother was also taught how to weave. And so the fabric that you identify on the wall is a swatch that or a piece that my grandmother had made. And it's probably now approaching 80 years old. I had that framed. It's interesting. We we talked about art and fashion and how, you know, your body can be a canvas for fashion. But Absolutely. F- fashion can also be something you hang on the wall. So if there's a piece yes. that has a connection to you or perhaps some clothing that your child wore that you've always loved or even a mitten that a great aunt may have knit for you. Putting that in a frame, hanging it on a wall is such a lovely way to display a connection you might have to fashion. That's exactly right. I think that's a really good point, Marco. The thing is, I think that the line between fashion and art is is virtually non-existent. I do think fashion is an art form and therefore putting it on walls, hanging it up as an art form really is an appropriate gesture from my point of view. And one can tell that Linda is really has an eye for design when you walk into her home and you see this beautiful white couch that I should never (laughs) sit on, especially when she's giving me copious amounts of uh, coffee and drinks. Um, But where do you get where would you say you get your design aesthetic from, Linda? That's a really good question. As a side note or sidebar on the white sofa, I I myself thought I might have made a mistake when I invited a friend over and I handed her a glass of red wine. As I was handing her the glass of red wine, I thought, oh, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. And the moment I thought it, my cat leapt up onto the arm of the sofa and threw up in a bright orange color. Okay. Well, so it wasn't the wine. Okay. But it was <laughs> but, but it was even worse, one might say. What were you thinking when you bought a white couch? The white couch for me it it really is a kind of canvas. So the rest of the room 
swirls around or becomes a kind of a a function of that white sofa. The white sofa is like the canvas and everything else can be painted on it. So what this means is from time to time when I get bored with the look of the room, I can take it all apart, leave the white sofa, start all over again. It allows me this kind of versatility or flexibility. And incidentally, it's um, a sofa made by a a Montreal-based company called Montauk. For those of you who are outside of Canada, it's M-O-N-T-A-U-K. And I am telling you, they make the most beautiful sofas. This cover comes off. So it didn't matter what happened with my cat. I washed it, put it back on, and they'll make new covers for you again. It sounds like I'm advertising for them. They have no idea I'm doing this. I just love what they, their designs. I'm in I'm in search for a new couch, Linda, or a new sofa. Do you ever say Chesterfield? I say Chesterfield all the time. I, I, I haven't used that word in such a long time. It feels like a 1950s word, Chesterfield. Oh, it, it's probably even older. I, my wife, Amanda, will often say, like, who am I living with that you call it a Chesterfield? Um, but our our couch uh, or sofa or Chesterfield um, is a mid-century couch that my great aunt had. Oh, wow. So, so it's got a stunning design, Linda. It's really cool to look at. I had it reupholstered uh, way back uh, because the it was kind of a burlap material on top. Oh, cool. And she kept it pristine, but it just wasn't comfortable to sit in. I had it reupholstered. And now the problem is, is it's not comfortable to sit in. That design just doesn't, yes. like, you know, I, w- my wife and I can't sit on the couches together and watch television because oh, she yeah. will lie on the couch. And what I will blame her is she wiggles me off the couch with her <laughs> with her feet as she gets comfortable. So it's not conducive for two people. And people were a lot thinner back in the mid-century. Um, so Oh, I'm not so sure about I that. I don't know, but um, certainly certainly uh, the couch. I'm, so I'm in, mark, in the market of a new couch. But we did what? design our downstairs around a blue velvet couch. But that's for oh. another episode, Linda. Uh, we'll yeah, have we to just, do another episode yeah. on, on, on couches and sofas. One mm-hmm. sidebar, and that mm-hmm. is... I understand that that we have to consider for people who are listening the, the kind of um, bu- uh, balancing of budgets and so forth. But just so you know, when I decided to buy this particular sofa, I had my head, my heart set on it, and then I just saved my money for a couple of years oh. before I bought it. So I don't expect that that everyone will be able to rush out and buy one of these things. Sure, but but it really is. I really think it's comfortable. You do have to flip uh, the cushions every now and then in order to prevent that that thing that you're talking about where you start to slide. Right. So you have to flip the, the cushions. But I I love it. I I even sleep on it. I think it's great. It's a it's a wonderful couch. Now, Linda, let's get back to the journey or the sojourn you were taking us on. Um, as we're getting, you know, we want to we want to get to it before the end of our episode. So last we left off, you had bought some pastries in Little Italy, and that's where we were in the geography of your city. Yes. Well, if we come back down, so let's say we're at um, a Lati bakery and we're still in Little Italy. If we just move a little bit west, there is uh, Milano, the Milano grocery store that's been there since the 1950s. And they cater to an Italian clientele. That is, they'll, they'll stock all kinds of specialty items for Italian cuisine. So I recommend a stop there. And then you can travel back south again 
And if you make your way south on Saint Laurent, you'll hit the consignment stores and little boutiques. That's also where um, Edition de Robe happens, L'Edition de Robe, uh, sorry, happens to be. Are we in Saint Laurent? Or no, Saint Leonard? No, we're not in Saint Leonard. No, Saint Leonard is is actually further north. Okay, sorry, forgive me. No, no, that's okay. There are there are several pockets um, in terms of the Italian community okay. communities, I should say, plural in Montreal. So Little Italy is one, but Saint Leonard is another. I see. Okay, so we're not traveling too far. All of this is within relatively easy walking distance, or if you prefer, you can hop on a Bixie. Those are the bikes that you temporarily rent from the city and then drop off at another point. So this is also an ideal way of traveling around the city. If you're visiting just for a week, I would strongly recommend doing this. Are you in heels and are we walking on cobblestones? That's my next question, where we are right now in your journey. So you can walk on heels if you want to. And famously, you can see many Montrealers wearing heels, taking Bixies. But if you are going to be in the cobblestone area and that's the old port or old Montreal, I would remove those and wear a comfortable pair of flats because you will find your heels wedged in between the cobblestones at any given moment. Got it. So where are we going next, Linda? Okay, so we've already covered quite a bit of area, but and I've mentioned the consignment stores on uh, Saint Laurent, and I would add their uh, General Fifty Four, Rus, Unicorn, and um, uh, the uh, it's called EE. Um, I think Exchange Express. I only I remember in my head it's EE. So those of are course. the four. Those are the four that I would recommend, and. Already now we've covered quite a bit of the Mile End and Little Italy, and we're back in uh, in the Plateau area. If you want something a little more expensive, then I would head across Laurier, and you'll come across some other boutiques there, and Pass Park. And if you pass Park, you'll hit a place that, Marco, I believe you tried the last time you were here, although in a different area, uh, Juliette and Chocolat. Oh, yes. 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 So there are multiple locations. I think you tried the one that was on Prince Arthur and uh, Saint-Laurent. This one is on Laurier and Park. Okay. So you can tell the listeners what you thought of Juliette and Chocolat. If you want chocolate or you want some sort of beverage or you want both, or if you want chocolate in your beverage... <laughs> or if you want beverage in your chocolate, this is where you go. They have crepes, they have chocolate, they have drinks with chocolate in it, and it's really finely done. And it's the perfect place for families to go to. It's a perfect place for you to go on a date. It's a perfect place for you to meet a friend. It's casual, but well-appointed is how I would describe it. I agree. I think that's a very good assessment. I would also, once you've done that, I would save a little space for a proper meal at Lemiac. I mentioned Lemiac before where sure. I had seen, I had spotted Denis Gagnon. Lemiac is this exquisite French cuisine. But Marco, you also tried a restaurant that I've not been to yet in Montreal it's, you were recommending. It's a fantastic restaurant. And I find it fascinating that Linda's tour of Montreal is us eating and drinking copious amounts <laughs> because... 
Had I not done a little fashion deviation, I don't know what else we'd be eating, but the restaurant I would recommend is called Provisions, and it's one of my favorite restaurants in all of North America, and they just have wonderful food there, and they've just moved locations to a most beautiful spot, and they have a butcher counter in the back part of the restaurant where you can go and see the meats that they're going to be using. In not for vegetarians. The... No, <laughs> but I will say this, though. I ate there with someone who doesn't eat meat and the vegetables that were on, she had like a plentitude of apps or sides that were all vegetables. And she was like, this is some of the best broccoli. This is some of the best preparation of, of non-meat dishes I've ever had. So it was, it was appropriate for all of us because we were worried that that person wouldn't, wouldn't enjoy it. And it turns out she may have enjoyed it more than all of us. But Linda, I want to ask you this, besides food, um, which some of our listeners say they find it difficult to fall asleep because then they just get hungry. So I apologize oh, if that's I'm this so episode. Sorry. Oh, I, I could have warned you, Linda, but I just wanted you to take me back to Montreal. What are some places for someone who's never been to Montreal that you would recommend? Like your top three or five places where you're like, if you're in Montreal, you have to see this or you have to experience Walking in old Montreal, for example. Yes, that is actually one of the three. So I'll start by saying that they should make their way up Mount Royal uh, to get an ex an extraordinary, expansive view of the entire city. So it's probably a 10-minute car ride, but you can hike up the side of the hill. And when you get to the top, there is this, a place that they have devoted to tourists, well, to locals as well, from which you get this panoramic view of the city. So I would definitely not leave the city before doing that. And that's where the city gets its name. Correct? It is, in fact. Yeah. It is, in fact. There is a cross at the top of Mount Royal, and you can especially see that in the winter, its lights glinting at the top oh. in the evenings and at night. Yeah, it's special. I would also make uh, my way over to the old port, and you could just walk around. Like These are places, again, they don't cost anything. It's just a beautiful place to visit. Um, the old port is really the oldest part of the city, and the cobblestones from a couple of hundred years ago are still there. So many there's a, a museum also uh, in that area which tracks the history of the city. So just walking around the old port, having a look at the the water's edge, uh, visiting that local area, walking or looking at the buildings for their historic properties. All of that, I think, is is interesting and worth looking at. In addition to the church, Notre Dame, which is based on the Notre Dame in Paris. So I would also have a look at that particular church. And some say some say the Notre Dame in Montreal is actually prettier when you go inside than the Notre Dame in Paris. But but I, I'll let you decide, our listeners. Them's fighting words. I think some people would fight uh, passionately over that. Um, I would also recommend just watch, looking from the old port to the um, Five Roses sign. Oh. Montreal is actually famously has this as part of its skyline. It's this um, flashing neon lights that says Five Roses, and it was an old flower company. Uh, that where they processed the the wheat, so it's still there, still part of the skyline, and people love it. It's gorgeous. It's funny you should mention that, Linda, because I don't immediately think of that. But then mm. when you said that, it brought me right to Montreal in a way that no other um, thing you've mentioned so far has. So thank you for that, Linda. I'm going to ask you 
Okay, so for our listeners who don't know, Linda's been on the podcast before, and she has a wonderful podcast called Getting Lit with Linda, which I recommend <laughs> you check out and listen to her talk, especially if you want a podcast that isn't jarring. Some of our listeners listen to our podcast, Linda, because they just want something that eases them and not mm -hmm. necessarily to sleep, but just eases their their mind and whatnot. And I think your podcast is a great um a great podcast for that, in particular when we're talking about literature. But I'd like to take this conversation further and talk about literature set in Montreal that sort of paints that picture of the city on a Patreon episode with you, if you would indulge me, Linda. I, I would be delighted to do that with you, happily. Un until then, dear listeners, I want to thank Linda for joining us on this episode. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Marco. It's been a pleasure. Check out her podcast, Getting Lit with Linda. And we hope you were able to listen and sleep. <laughs>